everyone. Welcome to episode two of the most professional podcast on the face of the internet. It is the three donkeys. My name is Adam Levitan, as always, joined by Jonathan Bales, by Peter Jennings. Appreciate everyone who tuned into episode one. We actually got uh, a lot of positive feedback. I'm always amazed by how many people uh, want to hear us basically just fuck around for an hour, but here we are. Peter, how's it going? Great. Uh, been traveling like crazy, but uh, happy to be home. And uh, another good day, another tough weekend ahead of me. So, yeah. Uh, how are you doing, Adam? I'm doing good, yes. Uh, Peter has been gallivanting, as Ashley would say, all over uh, God's green earth here. But we are back after a, a bit of a hiatus from the podcast. I'm doing well. Bales, how's it going? Doing well. Uh, yeah, I've been fishing a bit. Um yeah, Florida is getting uh, pretty humid this time of year, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, doing doing well overall. Uh, for you guys watching on YouTube, you might think, what is Bales doing in a hotel room in Miami when he has an apartment in Miami? He told us he was renting an office specifically to record Three Donkeys. I didn't realize it was actually going to be a hotel room. So now Bales has a luxury apartment in Philadelphia, two luxury condos put together into one in Miami and access to this hotel to record Three Donkeys specifically. Is that right, Bales? Um, well, this is a unique, uh, situation where I'm in this room right now. Uh, uh, but it's more or less correct. Okay. Uh, I want to start with uh, a little bit about what's been going on in our life. Peter, part of the trips that he was doing was in Montana. I actually don't know too much about what's going on there outside of the general idea of it. Peter, why don't you tell the people what you were doing in Montana a couple weeks ago? Yeah, it was really fun. Uh, first year I've been, it's called the AP Summit. And basically just a lot of professional gamblers hanging out. And um, Real quick, a- AP stands for Advantage Player, but but go ahead. Cr- correct. Um, so yeah, it was so well done. A uh, bunch of really good people. Um, Captain Jack, Rufus Peabody were both there, uh, who I worked with at Unabated. Um, and yeah, a bunch of great guys. Guy got to golf for a couple of days. Um so there's a variety of things that people can do for advantage play. A lot of people play blackjack or have other um, advantages within the casino. A lot of these people have actually really gotten into sports as well, uh, which is interesting. But uh, probably the coolest story from it, the, the first day we were golfing and um, one of the guys who put it on is from England and really super nice guy, really into golf. And then Rufus and then this guy, um, Kyle, who was a, a really nice guy. Um, and I couldn't believe how well he could see the ball. It was like unbelievable. We were playing in kind of like a Lynx golf course and, uh, you know, shots would go into the hay. Um, there were shots that like went into a, like bushes and whatnot. And this guy could just see every shot. He's like, oh yeah, it's in that bush. It's right here. And we're talking like three feet of grass. He like walks up to it and he's like, yeah, I saw it going like right here. Here it is. And like, if you play a lot of golf, like some people can like see the ball pretty well and like have a general idea. This guy knew exactly where it was. Well, come to find out, uh, he's known as like one of the best, if not the best hole carters uh, in the world. So that's a specific skill where um, they can normally see the cards that people are dealing where other people can't. So mm-hmm. not shocking that uh, after learning that, I'm like, oh, makes sense that you have the best eyes I've ever seen. So uh, it was a great time. Uh, learned a lot. And uh, it was mostly just hanging out. It wasn't like a ton of business or talking shop. There was a little bit of that. But Whitefish, Montana, couldn't recommend that place anymore. Uh, it was light outside until like 10, 10, 15 at night. So yeah. that was pretty wild. I really want to go to Montana. I thought you were going to say that guy was a caddy because I do have a professional caddy friend and uh, he can also spot a ball wherever it goes. 
And this was on another level. Like I've played with yeah. like good caddies and like other like really good golfers like can really watch the ball. I mean, we're like 230 yards out and he's like, yeah, it's in this bush. And it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and like, it was incredible. Were most so, of the people there uh, like uh, uh, have an advantage in casinos? Like, I think that's where the majority of people got started. I think there's a high uh, overlap with people who have done blackjack uh, now or in the past. Um, but a lot of people have gotten into sports. So there's quite a bit of chatter about just um, betting sports and the opportunities and how to have longevity and things of that nature. So people like get up and give presentations like I have an edge in video poker here. No, zero of that. Okay. There's literally like no presentations. Um, there's like we had like little golf tournaments. They went on hikes. We had these dinners and like it was great. There's a poker tournament, but it wasn't like presentations and like you know you're hearing people talk about what they do but um you know there's a disincentive a lot of times if you have like a unique edge to to talk about it and to talk about it even further with like you know people who would really know how to exploit it um but yeah people there's a lot of people who knew each other and friends and uh it was it was honestly a really good time i got to stay with rufus so um it was great to see him and yeah we had a great time overall uh, when it, they come to ask you questions, they ask you, uh, how did you get into, how were you so sharp to get into Poodle or, or what kind of questions did they, did they ask you? Yeah, I do think that there's a correlation, uh, with that summit and, uh, some of these DFS events or betting events, or, you know, you're around poker players, uh, last year, everyone was feeling pretty flush. And, uh, this year I think people were pinching pennies just a little bit more with what's going on in crypto, but, yeah, uh, people actually knew about like Fantasy Labs, and I don't think there are many fans of like some of the you know Action Network. I'm very proud of what we built, but uh, I don't think the average uh, AP is uh, a yeah. huge fan of, of, of sites like that. But um, yeah, it was it was it was cool. Um, I mostly talked about business and sports, and um, I've done a little bit of the blackjack stuff, but not to the extent that these guys have. Cool. What, what, one question for you guys: uh, When when markets are are down or you've lost a bunch of money or whatever, you you know, like mentally, I'm sure you sort of separate your uh, gambling bankroll from like everyday expenses or whatever. How does that affect your everyday expenses? If it does, um, are you more likely to to try to save money? Um, like, you say you're on like a really big downswing. How does that affect you mentally? And and how does that affect uh you know what your children are eating <laughs> i was laughing while you're asking that because i can just picture ashley in my mind be like fucking peter all our money and luna and now i can't have my fucking bag <laughs> <laughs> so i think my behavior changes i don't think ashley's behavior changes <laughs> which is a constant topic of conversation in the jennings household um but yeah i think broadly you know i think one reason i've been able to have somewhat sustained success is that uh the wins don't really like like i never like have like splurged or like done anything like super crazy i definitely live like a really i think like a good lifestyle nice lifestyle i like to spend and go out to eat to dinner but like i was never buying like jewelry or crazy i mean i have a nice car but i wouldn't like go out and buy like a lambo for instance um and yeah i just like to spend on like experiences and then when when things are going poorly, I generally just try to buckle down and work really hard. That's like my tendency is if things go poorly. Like uh, I think last year um, I got a little too content and uh, certainly didn't have the work ethic that I've had for the last 10 years. And now this year I'm, I'm working a lot harder again. So for me, my, where my biggest behavior change is on the losing side. I just try to work harder. I don't really spend that much differently. Uh, I still, I mean, we just did 
four vacations or something. I mean, I've been traveling like crazy, um, but I try not to spend lavishly uh, on the way up. Although, you know, you're more primed to do a, a really nice dinner maybe when uh, things are going well. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I think that uh, like when things are quote unquote down, to me, those are like long-term things. In other words, I'm not trading, like I'm not in there with bales and like Tickcoin being like, oh, Floyd Mayweather's fighting tonight. Let me let me buy some Tickcoin and then sell it three hours later. Like, you know, that's not that's not uh, what I'm doing. Uh, I bought it the night before. The, the night before, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so to me, it's just all numbers on a screen. So I had no plans to sell any of my crypto. I had no plans to sell any of my stocks anytime the next 10, 15 years anyways. So, you know, I, I, I don't think it would, change my or should really change my behavior you know like i'm not like withdrawing from my investment accounts to to live you know so so yeah i don't know i don't think it really affects my behavior at all what about you bills um yeah i asked because i have like i don't spend that much money on myself like in terms of like actual physical things uh i spend almost no money on myself outside of like i buy sneakers um art. otherwise it's like a it's, yeah some art uh which has resale value, I guess, but um, uh, experienced stuff. Like I like to go to sporting events and like to travel and things like that. But I, I do notice myself when, when I have less money, then I spend a little bit more. And when things are going well, I tend to save. It's like the opposite, I guess. Of, yeah. Really? Yeah. You tend I mean, to save more. Maybe it's like a, re or a retail therapy type of thing. I don't know. Yeah, that's now you're talking Ashley's language. Yeah, but it's such oh, no. like like things like crypto goes down, and I buy a pair of sneakers or something. You know, it's not like oh, just the emotional thing. That sounds like Ashley. Yeah, she's in yeah. a bad mood. She goes to the mall and blasts off, and then she feels better for about twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, it's, like, it's basically like a, a coke addiction. Yeah, sneakers. <laughs> uh, I. Uh, yeah, my whole thing is the Bill Perkins thing. Like, if thinking about spending money on a curve, in other words, when I'm uh, 40, I'm more likely to spend a lot more money now because I can do more. When I'm 70, I'm not like spending money on experiences because I a could be dead or b could be like crippled. I mean, who knows what what could happen in that time? So, like, I'm actively like trying to spend no matter what the thing is, just because like I think now is the best time to spend the money. It's the best time of year. Or the well, I would say my. Uh, high school days were the best days of my life, which Lauren gets so pissed about when I say that. But it's still, I'm still in the good range of my life. Uh, and so whereas by the time I get, you know, I don't want to just like save, 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 save. Then I turn 70. I'm like, oh, great. I got all this money, but I can't do anything because I'm in a wheelchair or whatever. You know, like that, that would be a disaster. So. That's why it's so important to spend on experiences, right? right? Of course. Yeah. I mean, skiing, yeah. golf, all that. Like that's stuff that like my, I think my behavior is pretty pretty constant in that regard like for sure always wanted to blast off on that stuff uh we got a question from scott shout out to scott if you guys remember the the first uh edition of three donkeys scott was scott the intern did a great job for us i think he's asking you Bales, what how much is your rod and reel in other words you're doing all this fishing have you gone nuke on your rod and reel i think this one's actually for peter you're a big fisherman, peter. <laughs> big fisherman. uh well, I have just your rod cast, bud. <laughs> Dude, I just, I have about. How long is your rod? I have. Oh, baby. <laughs> it's an average size rod, <laughs> but it's thick. It's a thick, strong rod. Really and sturdy rod. <laughs> but it's it's average. It Maybe slightly below average. Below average. Well below average. No. It's, <laughs> it's, 
it's a good rod. Now I have about I probably have thirty rods now or something. Oh my god! Yeah, how do you, you pick? How do you pick? Which, how do you, how do you pick which one to use? It depends on where you're fishing. I mean, you can't like use like a deep sea rod in a creek in Philly. You know, there's different <laughs> rod types. <laughs> what kind of fish do you catch in the creeks in Philly? Trout, bass, sunfish, bodies, human bodies, fish. Yeah, sometimes a lot of cans. <laughs> yeah, <a> lot of- <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm actually right, to answer the question. The I, I don't have one that's super expensive. Maybe three hundred dollars is the most exp- expensive of, which is like a it's a it's a really good rod, but it's not like crazy. Um, just to wrap up the life update uh, portion of the show here. Uh, finally, at long last. I can no longer inseminate after like thinking about getting a vasectomy for two years, like going over all the pros and cons, researching it, going through the, with the procedure, getting tested, doing all the fucking tests and, and ejaculates. Finally, yesterday, I got the all clear that I am no longer able to impregnate, which honestly is like best news I've had in so long. And so uh, and you're traveling soon and you got a little vacation. This sounds like a wax and uh, I'm doing my 40th birthday trip, leaving tomorrow um, to an undisclosed European destination for a 40th birthday trip. I actually don't turn 40 until September, but obviously don't travel during an F- NFL season because I have serious problems and a gambling addiction. So I won't be traveling during an NFL season. We're doing our 40th birthday trip this week. So I'll be leaving uh, tomorrow. I'll be gone for a week. Yes, coinciding with uh, the ability to... Uh, finish without inseminating, I guess I would say, is the most uh, appropriate way. I and, and how's your rod? Is it, you know, would you say your rod is as good as new or there's some issues, you know, it's, there's a lot of wear and tear on the rod. Now. <laughs> there's there's a lot of wear and tear for sure, man. And a lot of people have asked me this, like, does it feel different after the, after the vasectomy? I, I honestly, like, I feel like maybe a little like weird, like stretching sensation, but I really think it's in my head because like, <laughs> if you talk to a thousand people or a thousand doctors have had or done vasectomies, like, there should be no change whatsoever. So I think it's really just in my head. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm happy I did it, but I, I would definitely wouldn't recommend it uh, to everyone. So I don't know, man. If my pullout game was stronger, I wouldn't have done it. I just don't trust myself. So that's really the bottom line. Um, this might be inappropriate, but Peter, <laughs> 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 the pullout thing to me is so easy. Oh, okay. <laughs> so easy. Dude, yes. <laughs> I think my pull game is A+. Plus. I, I I mean. It's not that hard. Yeah, speak oh. for yourself, bro. You so my results, I have a perfect track record. So, um, But I, I think there's a little more danger than uh, – <laughs> I think there's some danger lurking if you're going to play that game. Yeah, that is not a good period of time. That is not a good game to play at, at all. And I know vasectomies are way up based on the whole Rovers Wade thing. I know the doctor I used said he was like inundated as soon as that uh, Rovers really? Wade. Yeah. I mean, everybody's getting vasectomies now. Because, yeah. I mean, I think for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, okay. Have we found the bottom? I, I, we're not here to time the market. We have no financial advice whatsoever. But I just want to say, you guys made fun of me so much. Uh, Bales would always say, oh, Levitin always says he can't buy crypto because the cab driver and his friends from high school and his mom are all talking about crypto now. It's, it's, it's everywhere, right? And I may have missed some run-up on that. But in the end, Bales, in the end, when all these fucking jackasses, all these normies, as we would call them, are talking about fucking, not just fucking Bitcoin, 
normies were talking about like fighting altcoins and DeFi and all kinds of crazy shit. Things were clearly out of control. I'd rather buy, and I have no idea if we're at the bottom or not. I'd rather buy when the rhetoric around crypto or stocks or whatever now is it's over. This is all scam the whole time. Anyways, this is when I would rather buy. I know you guys just relentlessly made fun of me for being scared to buy when everybody else in the world, when there's a ticker on CNBC with the fucking Bitcoin price, et cetera. So how do you respond to all that, Bales? And do you think that now is maybe uh, a time to be, quote unquote, hungry when everyone else is uh, bloody or whatever? I don't, I don't know what the Warren Buffett is. Yeah, the Warren Buffett is trying to be greedy when others are fearful. I, thank believe, you, thank the, you. I believe the quote is, hungry when others are bloody. <laughs> <laughs> By Warren Buffet. Uh, <laughs> I would love to be bloody when others are hungry. <laughs> I couldn't think of the of the saying. If you want to come here for contrarian financial advice? Be hungry when others are bloody. <laughs> uh, we got to snort out of bales. Yes, <laughs> I can't stop this story. For the record, uh, the first time that this conversation that I remember happening, we were playing racquetball, and and uh, Ethereum was. I specifically remember $83 yeah. and uh, Bitcoin was like around 1300, something like that. And, and I was like, Hey, you should buy this. And you said, I don't think so. It's too late. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I remember that too. I remember our conversation. <laughs> and then he got in at the KuCoin stage like, six months later. So, I don't know. I don't know how to time like, the market bottom or something. I don't know. There's people that know way more than me, but uh, yeah, I I don't know. Well, it's, it's, it, it, part of the issue is the bubble thing, right? Like sometimes I feel like everybody's talking about X, but just because I'm in this bubble, right? But if I went out to the real world, like if you went out to the real world, like, you know, people wouldn't even be talking about crypto. Like I, I saw some tweets from some big crypto guy. He was like, you guys don't even realize I went on vacation for four months. Uh, nobody out there in the real world is like talking about crypto. This is all like in a bubble, which I don't think is was true. Like at the end there, where it was like getting more mainstream. But yeah, it's I I I for sure am in bubble. Like think too much. I just interact with all people that are so into this stuff. Yeah, there's also like probably the people that are, that are going to be buying huge amounts are already already in, and those like the average retail investor buying like two hundred dollars of Bitcoin or something is not going to move the price that much. Right. I don't know. Peter, any I, I, thoughts? Yeah, I have a ton of thoughts, actually. So I vividly remember, I think it was September or October, I think it was October, actually, of uh, 2017. We had just sold Fantasy Labs. We were out there with the churn-in guys and, and all the people that formed Action Network. And uh, we had the, Bales had this great craps run, and we had a great night. And I think the next day, Bales, we went back to like play a little craps to see if we could uh, get the same thing that we had the night before where you rolled for like 45 minutes. Of course, we didn't roll for as long, but... Uh, every single dealer was like, yeah, I'm in uh, XRP, Tron. I'm in Tron, Tron. I mean, what are you in? They're asking us, and Bales and I were like, oh, yeah, we like crypto, too. Have you heard of KuCoin? Or like, what? I don't even remember what we said, but like, we were talking crypto, and then we walked away, and we looked at each other like, yeah, it's probably a pretty bad sign with the, <laughs> the craps dealer. Exactly. Like, yeah, we got out of that. It was, it was early January. We, we, we sold a, a, a huge amount because of that, but looking at past indicators of like what like it's different now that the average person didn't know about crypto before now they right. do i don't know yeah 
so I think last year we had an everything bubble and a lot of a lot of stuff's come out. I mean, um, you know, there's data that came out about like the PPP loans. Almost all that money went to the business owners and was like disproportionately distributed to wealthy people already. Um, and they had like a 90 percent plus loan forgiveness rate. So you gave these people all this money. Um, I mean, there's a ton of factors, obviously, the low interest rates and just you know, it created a, an asset bubble. And, you know, of course, crypto got buoyed by that. Um, a lot of smart people were talking about, you know, how this, you know, is a bubble and what whatnot. And it's hard in the moment. It's hard to kind of understand what's happening. Um, and obviously, we've had quite a bit of pain so far this year. But yeah, in terms of timing the bottom, it's a really, really tough thing to do. And, and broadly, timing the markets is not a great idea. I think just having a long time horizon makes a lot of sense. The thing that's scariest to me that I'm following closely and They've talked, uh, Friedberg's talked quite a bit about on the All In podcast is consumer credit. And that's the thing that I'm really paying attention to. And it just keeps going up. And it makes sense. People got used to a certain lifestyle. And now, you know, their asset prices and their savings and all these things have gone down. And instead of changing their lifestyle, uh, they're continuing to spend, which is why we have all this good consumer data. And they're like, oh, America still has this great consumer. And maybe that is true long term. But um, a big factor that I think you know, could could bleed into more carnage this year is uh, this consumer credit problem. Yeah. So there's a ton of factors, but that's that's one thing that I don't think gets talked about enough. Everyone's talking about Ukraine and Russia and commodities and gas prices, but the consumer credit thing is is concerning to yeah. me after the helicopter money last year. Oh, I, I think that's a concern. I also think that the housing market is a concern. I mean, people's houses going up 50, 75% in a year, like that's not sustainable. All that's going to come back, come down as well, especially as rates go up. I feel like people can't afford as much. Prices have to come down. So I don't know, man. I, I think the, that there's still room for worry, but I honestly don't know. And like yeah. I said at the beginning, I'm not t- trying to time anything. And then I do think it does feel like there's it could go down like another 50% to me or something. Uh, Specifically yeah. crypto. So I think the S&P 500 and, and, you know, broad markets, real estate, there's a lot of things to look at there. And I agree with you, Adam, if you look at all the asset classes, real estate has held up the best. And obviously there's a lag there. So I have some concerns. Same thing in the All In podcast. They talked about how there's so much corporate real estate that's going vacant in San Francisco. I think they said like 30 million square feet and there's like 75 million square feet in the city. So yeah. that's a crazy number and that can have, you know, a lot of cascading effects. But Crypto specifically, I think the most interesting thing that's happening now is we saw all the contagion from the Luna ecosystem and what happened with UST. And what I think is cool, but also really bad and unfortunate is that, you know, the DeFi protocols that are truly decentralized, like Aave, Uniswap, et cetera, they've continued to hum and work as they should. Um, Those are over collateralized, decentralized protocols. And there has not been issues with those, but we have seen massive issues with the centralized protocols um, and some of these VCs. I mean, Three Arrows Capital, mm-hmm. saw the BlockFi news, the Celsius news, the Voyager news, mm-hmm. and they're hyper-correlated. Yeah. Yep, they're hyper-correlated. And obviously, a lot of them had assets within the, the Terry ecosystem getting that yield and basically taking consumer deposits and putting it there. So um, the centralized exchanges actually caused a lot of the damage, um, which is just you know classic greed. And I certainly am guilty of making mistakes too, but... I think that's one interesting thing. And it actually gives me optimism. I think DeFi is a really cool application um, within crypto. And I think that was a really, that plus NFTs are like definitely two really nice innovations. But, you know, we needed this pain. Things need to be flushed out. Flushed out. Hopefully we continue to see more innovation. And, uh, 
you know, I thought there was more substance in this bull run than 2017. And hopefully going forward, uh, we'll have more substance in the next uh, run up if we have one. And the last thing I'll say is SBF did an interview and he didn't say, hey, I think we're at the bottom. He just said that I don't see any reason why this couldn't be the bottom. He was explaining that like a lot of this stuff needed to be flushed out. And he even made a very specific point. He said, I'm not talking about the asymmetric uh, aspect of this. Like, obviously, there's a lot of asymmetry within crypto. He's just saying the probabilities and whatever. And he said it certainly could go lower, but he doesn't see a reason why this couldn't be the bottom. Whereas before, there are so many things going on that needed to be flushed out. Yeah. Yeah. All the leverage stuff. Go ahead, Nels. That's why I I was going to say that. Yeah. I mean, there's like huge leverage in lots of different markets, but in crypto, especially. And then, uh, yeah, once that gets flushed out, then it's like, could it go lower? Of course it could. But then uh, you don't need to like know the exact probability. Like, oh, it's 15% that it goes lower and 85% it goes higher. It's just like a general sense of what it's going to do based on like these big macro factors. And then you just like make make a guess, I, I think, type of thing. And um, yeah, I, I don't know where I stand exactly on it. I, don't, I think it could definitely go lower, but uh, um, the leverage is a, is a huge factor. Yeah, for sure. I, I just think like it, the pricing of a lot of things got decoupled from the product. In other words, like, man, like the, the products that were involved in crypto just weren't ready for things to be priced. And when like, cartoons of apes are trading for two million dollars like you know you have a fucking problem like it's fucking should have sold the crypto punk for three million dollars you're saying let it down well exactly (laughs) uh Um, one one last thing just real real quick i do think there's still one thing that could be really damaging to the crypto ecosystem that you know has always had a lot of smoke and there's always been a lot of stories but it's resurfacing and it's getting a lot of mainstream coverage and that's tether um and there is a, a really sophisticated group in New York that has like a multi-billion dollar short on Tether that's out there. So that's another thing. Like to me, there's a huge difference between Bitcoin and then all the other crypto assets right now. And even Gensler from the SEC talked about this. Like, I know there's, these are a lot of polarizing topics, polarizing people, but if you are still really exposed to crypto and you're like, Oh, this is the bottom. Like, I think the best thing you can do is just look at your overall portfolio and think about like where you want your money allocated. Like from do you, do you have stables right now, Peter, and is it, are you in USDC? I'm all, I've only been in USDC. I mean, after the Terra stuff, I, I really tried to I could, just being so close to it. I knew there'd be contagion or I suspected there'd be contagion. So I delevered relatively and I've basically just been uh, dollar cost averaging into Bitcoin with uh, some, some assets and, um, yeah, I have like an ETH USDC pool um, on, on Uniswap that's just collecting fees. But broadly, uh, I'm in the position where I would like to accumulate crypto the rest of the year versus sell crypto. Maybe people people probably want to know, Peter, what the difference is between USDC and Tether. Yeah, so USDC is actually backed one for one by US dollars. You know, Coinbase, there's a lot of funds. Circle is involved in it. They have like very clear, transparent records that's backed by dollars. Tether has been a huge part of the crypto ecosystem for a long time. And uh, there's always been a lot of scrutiny about what's actually behind it. Um, you know, people suspect that maybe they only have 60 cents, 70 cents on the dollar backing um, all the tether that's out there. There's other people who say this is, hey, this is tether FUD. They're doing a great job and like they've always had redemptions. Um, so it's a polarizing topic. Um, and I certainly don't have conviction one way or the other. It's just, it, if something were to happen to tether, that would have disaster yeah. more 
more impacts on the overall crypto ecosystem than even probably Terra. Oh. It's also a good example. Like, what do you think the probability is that Tether collapses? Uh, we have no idea. Like, we would just be guessing. But um, there seems to be more evidence that even if it's a complete FUD, there's more evidence that Tether could potentially have some problems than USDC, right? So then why would sure. you any any stables in Tether? It right. just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, all right. Enough crypto for one day. Uh, I want to talk about poker, man. Poker is is big time. And I actually want to talk about through the lens of of first the Barstool thing. I know I, I'm, I promised I'd talk about the 25K thing a little bit, but I know we know uh, Smitty really well. Bales and I know Smitty from Philly. He's one of our good friends, loves Smitty. And last I checked, he was in day three with like 370K chips, which is uh, a ton uh, in the main event. But like, man, poker, second biggest main event ever. I think part of what's going on is people getting back into grinding right like a lot of crypto bros a lot of market bros who got wrecked recently are getting back in but also like i don't know i just feel like people are getting back into live poker period like all these streamers like ninja and all these guys are doing these like stream games getting millions of views i, I don't know i just feel like poker's having a renaissance so i don't know if you have any thoughts on that bales and also that you know some of these idiot poker players like i saw ike hacks and i can't believe he was like beaking at barstool like trying to make it out like it's a bad thing for poker i mean Obviously, Parstool pumping up poker is good for poker. Like, I don't know what Ike is. I, I didn't say what. What did he say? He uh, was just. I'll, I'll pull up the quote. You can go ahead on on it in general. I'll pull up Ike's quote. I, I was getting mad just fucking but, looking at it. Yeah, I don't know too much about what's going on in, in poker. I think poker is like probably the best, the best game that I've seen overall, even better than DFS in terms of strategy, game theory, uh, like the probability of bad players losing and things like that. Is an amazing game. Um, uh, it, I, I suppose it makes sense. Uh, it seems to me that like some percentage of the population, like say 20% of people like just love to gamble and stuff. And if the stock market is bad and crypto is bad, whatever, then they're going to just do something that, uh, that they're going to gamble in other ways. And it could just be a function of that. Yeah. The, here's the quote from Hollywood Haxton, who's, uh, you know, one of the best poker players, Ever, he said, I'm really torn about this bar stool comes to poker arc. On one hand, stoolies are some of the last people I want to hang out with. On the other hand, they're some of the top people I want to play poker against. Like, you don't have to tap the tank. You don't, you know, like, it just, it, like, why be a dick to these guys who are just, like, literally growing, growing the game? And I know bar stool is super polarizing, whatever. It's just, you don't have to, like, go out of your way to, like, be a dick to people who are, like, bringing people to poker period i think that, that there's so much analysis of like oh this is the the type of person that a stool is like the type of person <laughs> that reads barstool but like lots of smart people i know read barstool it's funny uh but they don't fucking comment like no one knows that they right. read barstool um so i think that it's like the typical population maybe it skews younger the, there's a bunch of idiot people that read barstool but um for sure yeah I, and saying it's not good for poker is like insane to me right it's so insane and look at i mean i think there's a clear other example where you know actually a crowd that normally is not as accepting as as the poker community poker community should be open arms to every single person who wants to play it's literally like the lifeblood of the industry but like golf pretty snooty thing um, you know, I think it's actually the, the game and like the PGA tour. And I know there's all the live stuff going on right now, but like broadly, they've done a better job bringing in like the younger generation, but it still has been like more of a stuffy 
white person sport, whatever you want to say. Like, there's all these issues with the game that they've been like really working on. And I think Tiger has been a huge part of like bringing more diversity to the game, making it cool, etc. And these guys love the Barstool guys. Like, absolutely love yeah. that the Barstool guys are bringing that audience to the game of golf. All the players, Tiger himself, like they're open arms, super happy to see them and like doing everything they can. They're doing all the content. Like that's like a perfect example of like, hey, here's an opportunity to grow the game to a different audience. And within poker, like how stupid do you have to be? I mean, don't you want all these people from Barstool coming to play? Like, And the stereotype, but yeah, perfect. Give me the ultimate bro at my poker table. That's like absolute nuts. So stupid from Ike and I couldn't agree more, Adam. Um, tons of athletes have gotten into it. I think you hit the nail on that. The, I, the thing that I was going to bring up is these streamers. I mean, these are like the most influential people in the world now. I mean, mm-hmm. the top YouTubers, um, they have more reach and clout and, and just like influence and like basically anybody in the world. I mean, it's like the top end athletes like LeBron and whoever else, Tom Brady, and then these streamers really that have that much influence. And the fact that they're playing poker, I think has been amazing for the game. And then you, you, you know, put in the factor that like last, you know, maybe last year in particular with COVID and like everyone being crypto rich, now everyone's back to like want to grind. And I think we'll maybe see the same thing in DFS a little bit this year. Oh, oh, 100%. I think DFS is going to be popping off. Hopefully it's popping off with the right people. There's some very, very, very good DFS players who kind of quit playing DFS because they're back. They're going to be back. (laughs) That's not great for the games, but I do think generally the the games will be bigger this year in in NFL for sure. Um, one thing, last thing I'd say about about poker, like one thing I love about poker is like it's equal to everyone. If you have money, you I've played against, you know, obviously women, uh, transvestites, you know, uh, all kinds of minorities. Every minority, everybody is welcome at the poker table. Like you literally can't deny someone who shows up at the poker table. It's so inclusive and like yeah, to make it to try to exclude somebody because they're an idiot from barstool allegedly or whatever is just so so. so How many transvestites hang out with them? Like what is that? Played against Levitin. <laughs> So there's a very, very good transvestite player in Pennsylvania that I played against a lot. Very, 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 very good. And and so yeah, uh, yeah. I guess just one, nice. but but he or she was was very, 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 very good. Um, so yeah. Uh, oh, people kept asking about the 25k. You know, uh, the the I know the 25k thing sounded uh, crazy to to people. You know, like I had a, a really good year playing DFS uh, last year. Uh, you know, won the 250 in the. And the FanDuel thing, and like uh, it just goes back to like, what do I want to spend money on? Like for me, it's not, you know, flying first class. For me, it's not buying a Lambo. Like Peter said, it, it's none of that. It's I, I have an actual sickness. Like I just want to gamble and gamble bigger. And like, so I got, I get money. I'm like, well, I've always wanted to play one of these high rollers. Like I have a chance to do it now. Like let's just do it. So I thought it was more of an experience than like a money making thing. Obviously, I knew I was getting it in uh, a little bad, but after playing, like I talked about this on the solo pod. You guys can go back and listen. I don't want to get too deep into it here, but. You know, if like Sean Deeb was like, oh, I think you're like 0. 0.6 or something like I would buy myself at 0. 0.6 all day. I, I said after playing, I thought I was like 0. 0.8, 0. 0.85, something like that, you know, and, and that's with no work being put in whatsoever uh, to try to like get. Into Wait, you money. sold to me at even money. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Same here. <laughs> yeah. We know what we were getting. Exactly. <laughs> I did tank. Normally I have the snap call, but I bought so many pieces in poker and everyone who's not a professional has lost a hundred percent of the time. And then I bought a piece of like someone who's actually good. Our friend, John Beaupre, yeah. shout out to Beaupre. Yeah. Took third in the, the 25 KPLO event last year. Yep. And I'm like, I'm only backing pros. You guys got a piece of Smitty? Cause I got a nice piece of Smitty. Oh, oh do you have a piece of Smitty? 
Oh, he asks me every time. I can't say no. He's my uh, friend. Love it. <laughs> great. Love it. And Adam, just real quick, as an aside, I noticed you had this great little short video on the six receivers that you love. You had this very crisp, nice white hat. But the three donkeys comes around. And you said, "I'm going to pull out the is that the is that the Reds hat or which hat yeah, is that?" This is the uh, this is the uh, FD hat. Yeah. Um, no, I can't. I don't know where that hat is right now. The 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 nice crisp one. That's true. I'm going to um, buy. I need to figure out what hat you like. I'm going to buy like ten of them. <laughs> um yeah okay good luck to smitty man you know um i don't know how serious smitty is at, at poker but this is why the main event is is so beautiful even if he's not serious like he can for sure go go deep and he, he has a ton of chips uh maybe we'll get him on uh one day here on the show to to respond to ike or, or whatever else we want to talk about about barstool stuff um i want to save a bunch of time for Laden. But uh, before we do that, I want to talk about the Crawley Town thing. So I don't know how many people out there know, but crypto people, or I don't even know about crypto people, just like gambling space people led by Preston Johnson, uh, Sports Cheetah, and his partner, who I'm actually not too familiar with, but purchased a League Two team with, well, not with Ethereum, but we turned essentially turned Ethereum into USD and then bought the team with USD. Is that a good way to describe it, Peter? Yep, that's accurate. Okay. So this team and, you know, like League Two is low. There's the Premier League. There's the Championship League, which is the one below Premier League. There is League One, which is the one below that. And then there's League Two. Crawley Town is like a middling League Two team. However, it's pretty, still pretty cool to own a piece of a sports team. I know you guys had the experience before with the New Zealand Breakers during the first uh, run of the Three Donkeys. We talked about the Breakers a bunch. I don't know, Peter. Can you compare this Crawley Town thing to to the Breakers at all? And how do you see this one playing out? Yeah, I think it's similar. And I, um, I, it feels very similar to me personally. But I also think it's a really cool way to take crowdsourcing, which I think, you know, obviously there's a lot of uh, use cases for crypto, some of which were probably overblown. But uh, the crowdsourcing element makes a ton of sense. And, uh, you know, we've seen some interesting thing with DAOs. And I was happy to be a part of it. And it seems pretty interesting. Uh, there's a lot of cool people in the investment group. So, yeah. And Preston, I'm a huge fan of. I've had just a, a ton of good interactions with him. Just a great guy. So, always down to back someone like that. And we also made a good sale. Like, I, I didn't sell enough Ethereum at the top. So, I guess we yeah. sold some near the top there. Right. That was near the top to get the team. I, I Yeah. I, I have no idea how you make money on this. Like, I assume you need to be at least in the champion ship division to start making money because like there's actual tv deals there uh, uh to be had i assume but i actually have no idea about the finances of it i just think it's cool to own Selling a team beard and stuff dude like we could make money on concessions i bet yeah I, but you got to pay players i mean the way that you're going to move up is to is to spend and yeah. spend a ton on players i mean that's how it goes in europe you have to spend and spend uh an outrageous amount but i do think that they're like some money ball approach that preston is doing which i think he's doing is like trying to use analytics to make better decisions from uh, salary from uh, players, from how players should be used on the field, et cetera, et cetera. That stuff is really cool to me. We're not in on that, on those decisions, really. But maybe one day down the line could be. I don't know, Bales. What do you think about this whole like crypto bro slash us like owning operating teams? Seems like the dream uh, to me, actually. Yeah, it seems sweet. I don't know too much about it. Peter just I think said something about it, and then I invested in it. Uh, I like the guys in it. I like the the approach. I mean, when we invested in the in the breakers um the reason that i did that at the i i thought it was stupid at the like the my initial reaction was like i don't want to do this this is stupid um 
but it was just, it was like a cool concept. Like we own part of a professional team. And then the, the, uh, the, I believe high school players at that time were starting to not want to go to college. They had to go to, I think they still have to go to college for a year or something, or maybe now they can go to the D league or something. Um, and, uh, it made sense. Like, why are they going to go to college? They're going to go try to get paid in LaMelo. Uh, went overseas and we had, we had RJ Hampton at the breakers. Um, and, uh, yeah, that thesis like made a lot of sense to me. Um, and this one I think is like actually a better opportunity in terms of the people. <clears throat> I, I, I think it's like very, very like-minded people in terms of how they're going to run the team. I know nothing about soccer. Um, but yeah, it just seems like a, a cool thing to do. I mean, ideally, like owning like an actual NBA team and trying to make analytical based decisions, decisions that like we would make for DFS or whatever, like that is the ultimate dream. Obviously, we would need, uh, well, Peter would need Bitcoin to reach roughly a million dollars. We we were going. The, the, do you remember Peter? Uh, one of our one of our friends was going to buy, uh, or maybe it was a group was going to buy the New York Liberty. I, yeah, yeah, the WNBA team. We were like and real close. I think he was going to offer you the GM yeah, job. We had talked about it. Levitan yeah. was. Uh, so at this point, would you, take, would you take a GM job for a WNBA team? Um, would I have to give up ETR? You can't bet. And, you know, I don't think you would have. I don't know. If I don't know other sports. You just can bet on WNBA. Yeah, that's fine. I've been betting on WNBA. Yeah, I would I would love to be the GM of a team. I thought I had some ideas for what the New York Liberty could do. They, they held on to Tina Charles way too long. They could have blown it up way earlier. But anyways, that's. Uh, we're getting into into the weeds on WNBA talk. <laughs> the dozens of of fans out there of WNBA. Um, okay, you ready to Laden? We want to leave it. People wanted more Laden. Bales always wants more Laden. I am coming off a rousing victory last week. Just complete, that was a strong victory. Complete domination. For you guys who don't know what we're talking about, Laden is a game in which we'll ask each other questions. The goal is not to get the question right. The goal is for the two people to figure out what the third person is going to say. In other words, if I asked Peter, oh, uh, I don't know, how many bottles of water did Bales drink today? I'm not trying to figure out how many bottles of water Bales actually drank. It's what Peter will say. So hopefully that makes sense. It's really simple. We are, of course, gambling real dollars on this. All right. Who has a question and wants to go first? I'll ask a question to Bales, and it's about Bales. This will be an interesting one. Uh, Bales. How many sneakers have you bought your entire life slash other people bought them? So any sneakers that were bought for you by your parents your entire life? Uh, we're talking about pairs of sneakers, not individual sneakers, obviously. Yeah, pairs of sneakers. Yeah. Two is not count. Two counts as one. Yeah. We need to overlay in like Jeopardy music during while well, everybody's thinking. That sounds like a producer job. Hey, we don't have one of those. Hmm. I wrote the question down and I didn't really think about it. All right. Oh, and what? It's just sneakers. It's not like, you know, dress shoes. It's not uh, like cleats or whatever. It's just strictly sneakers. Basketball shoes would count. You know, you know, I got a huge collection of dress shoes. <laughs> Imagine wearing dress shoes. Did I sneakers are in with suits now? I, I went to buy a suit the best. For, for a wedding. Yeah, everybody's wearing sneakers with suits now. It's crazy. Ashley gets mad at me when I want to do it when I wear sneakers and nice clothes, and I'm like, "This is the." You look. guys look like yeah. Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> 
<laughs> sounds like Skeeter. All right, I have an answer. I have an answer. All right. I said 137. Oh, my God. I said 147. Wow. 300. 300? Oh, yeah. I've bought, bought a lot of the past. I know I've bought years. a lot recently. I, did, I almost went a little higher, but then I was like, yeah. I, I mean, right it. now, just in my – I have probably 150 pairs right now. 150 pairs that you wear right now? No, he doesn't I wear, wear them. them. I just, like, look at them. <laughs> I just Jeez. like Peters. <laughs> you just look at them. They're, they're oh, I mean, that's nice. Lucky and good. I'm not gonna wear those. <laughs> God damn it! All right, I knew I should have gone higher. Bales is. I I had I had 169 written for the meme, and then I went down slightly. All right, uh, I have a question here. I will ask. Uh, I will ask Peter. What was DraftKings' net-net profit or loss? What was DraftKings' net-net profit or loss on NFL props only during the 2021-22 NFL season? What was DraftKings' net-net on NFL props? DraftKings only, net-net, NFL only, props during the 2021. Total amount or, or percentage? Total amount. And that includes the 2022 season for the Super Bowl and stuff too? Playoffs in the Super Bowl, yes. I mean player props, not game, not like how many field goals would there be in the game. I mean I player, player props. props. Yeah. I have an answer. All right. I have an answer. I have an answer. Go ahead, Bells. I mean, my answer, I, I, I have no idea. I said negative $1. I said positive 169,000 because I thought Peter would go for the 69 meme. No, I said 5.88 up 5.8 million. Yes, that's to me. So I think, I think they made money. They lost money. Levitan? No, I don't think they, I, I think they made money because anybody who was winning, they just, they just cut, they cut off, off and they get, <laughs> and, they, and they get a lot of, they get a lot of like unsophisticated money on props still, even though I think, our our Discord alone on ETR beat them out of millions. A lot of it due to the, or some of it due to the Draymond Green, uh, Draygate situation. Which I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking yep. about. That's an NBA thing. I know they right. cut people off, but like most people are not betting on props. Right. Exactly. So like I honestly think that our Discord probably won like 500k combined on props. But like those are people are like really hardcore and and really into it and they're you know, good at getting accounts and good at keeping accounts open. Most people are just like taking overs and losing. So yeah, I, I think, I think they still win on props. Um, I was thinking about how much, I, my guess is they hold like one to 2%. So I was trying to figure out how much money was bet on props and maybe. Yeah. I, I bet it's less than that. I bet it's like half a percent or something, but yeah. 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 So my number's too high. I, I my, my biggest thing with DraftKings and I think they're starting to do better. I mean, they, they have been um, pretty proactive and, and, and limiting people on, on, certain types of bets yeah. yeah when they when they first switched like the first like month they switched from Camby to i forget what the name of their new uh providers sb tech they were taking like anything like 500 1k on props no problem and then like after a month of that they went back to to banning so there was like a stretch there where you could actually bet on on DraftKings during the transition but yeah um anyways who hasn't asked the question yet fails i haven't I'll I haven't ask. I haven't I haven't answered yet, so I have to answer one. I don't think it matters at this point, but uh okay, I'll ask you. Um <laughs> Oh god. Bale's just literal goal is to come up with 
question that I have no idea the answer to that will make me look the dumbest when I when I get hey, it. I, I, that's happened to me more than it's happened to you. You had the Lake Michigan one. I had the goats <laughs> last week. I have the stars in the galaxy. <laughs> the stars one was so good. How many um, how many pieces of chicken uh, right now in the world are sitting on the floor of someone's home? <laughs> what? Unique like, pieces of chicken are sitting on the floor. Of you mean like talk. if someone like ordered some chicken from a restaurant and they dropped it on the floor? That could be one use case. Gracie, Gracie might have some chicken under the floor right now. What about? He throws food everywhere. What about live chickens? Like people have chickens like on their farm and stuff. No. Only You're food. talking cooked chicken? Cooked chicken. <laughs> it could be raw chicken too, but it's it's a dead chicken. <laughs> So and we're talking unique individual pieces. So if Gracie picks up her chicken that's already shredded up and just throws it on the ground. That could be a lot of pieces. That could be like 15 pieces of chicken or something. Yeah, 20 pieces of chicken. <laughs> Maybe, I mean, I don't know how, 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 how like finally you shred it, but. And this is, this is around the world. Yeah. In the whole world. And we're and restaurants don't count. It just has to be in someone, someone's home. Yeah. In someone's home. At this exact moment in time. Yeah. This is a good one. Because there's no way to guess. <laughs> mm. Unique pieces of chicken. <laughs> All right. I have an answer. I have an answer. Hold on. I'm, I'm changing my answer. All right, I have my answer. I put mine on my phone. I said 480 million pieces. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> my, my answer, I need to write it down. It was 750,000. What? Uh, I said lower than both of you. I said 177,000. Oh, I thought yes. you were go super high. <laughs> I didn't think that was the right answer. I thought you were going to go super high, Levitan, because we've always underestimated. I know, but uh, most people clean. If chicken gets on the floor, you clean it. You just leave a piece of chicken on the floor. You clean it up. <laughs> what kind of animal just leaves chicken on the floor? Well, I mean, there's many situations where you might leave chicken on the floor, or there's like what? old chicken. You're still eating. Is one. Well, a lot of people also have dogs. I mean, if I put a piece of chicken on the floor, Jerry's eating it in like 0.1 seconds. Four hundred eighty million was an aggressive guess. <laughs> <laughs> I changed from 40 million, million. I was looking at how I changed from 40 million to 480 million because I thought that's I like know, one, in, one piece of chicken for every 15 people in the world. I thought he was going super high. <laughs> every person in the world right now is eating chicken and dropping it on the floor. Everyone eats chicken. Let's not debate that. I mean, there's a lot of people eating chicken out there. All right. We each won one in that round. We're back up to the top here. Who, who asked the first question? I believe I did. Uh, I did. You, you um, asked the first question. All right, back to you, Peter. Okay. How many pounds of who, who are you who are you asking? You, Adam. Okay. How many pounds of feces or shit or whatever do all Americans combined create a year? Mm. Good question. That's a good one. Total pounds. And then if we somehow could get them all out, you know, never in the toilet, just all in one place. You said in Americans or, or world? No, Americans. In America. <laughs> Americans are so fucking fat and disgusting. 
gonna have to get my calculator out for this one. You said over the course of a year, right? Over the course of a year. I think I have a pretty good guess. I have it. I have my answer. I have my answer. I have my answer. Go ahead. I said twelve trillion. Twelve trillion. Holy I shit. said. Oh, makes my numbers right. I have forty-five billion pounds. You guys aren't going to believe me, but twelve trillion. No. Yes. What? Yes. Yeah. I can't that? believe that. How'd you guys do the math? That so misses zero. One pound, one pound per one pound of shit per day per person. I did the same exact math times three sixty-five, and then I took it in half, and that's only one hundred nine billion. Why'd you take okay. it in half? I, I thought you would. Why would I take it in half? I just thought you would. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking half pound. I did the same math though. I did the the first. Huh. I think you guys added a zero. Yeah. Or multiple we, couple. Yeah, we did twelve trillion. <laughs> that that what is that? That's a ten x on the payment, right? There's what like there's, I, I, there's like 300 million people, 400 million people, right? Like 300 and a little bit over 300 million people. Yeah. So you guys both did the math. Agree. 300 million times 365, I believe, is 109 billion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys both got to 12 trillion. Well, there's a lot of shit out there. <laughs> no, I just think you guys both made the same fucking mistake. Dude, I didn't make any mistake. No, it's 365 times. Three sixty-five times three hundred twenty-nine million is twelve trillion. I don't think so. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's one like one hundred and ten billion. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I. I. I you guys both did the same. God, and I did the same. I didn't thing. make any mistake. I'm the my three hundred twenty-nine million times three sixty-five is one hundred twenty billion. God, unbelievable. You yeah. gotta know who you're asking. <laughs> I don't know the difference between billion and. Well, you guys both did the same round map, but I, I also, I also cut it in half. I think, I mean, a pound of shit is a lot of shit per person. Yeah, it is. You think it's per day? You average a pound of shit? Probably. Okay. Yeah. Probably. All right. All right. Who, who did I ask last time? I think Bales. Oh, oh no, I asked you, Peter, because it was the props question. All right. Oh, yeah. I'll ask Bales this one. How many people currently alive in the world, how many people currently alive in the world have ever had sex with multiple condoms on? And this stems from a joke I made on Twitter last night, which people, I can't, first of all, I don't want to turn this into a fantasy football podcast. People who think they can predict that Christian McCaffrey is going to get hurt and Jonathan Taylor isn't this year. Like, how do they come to this conclusion? Just because Christian McCaffrey got hurt last year. I mean, every running back is likely to get hurt. And I don't want to like get into a big thing about it on Twitter because yeah, it's likely that Christian McCaffrey gets hurt. It's like that every running back gets hurt. Just like it's likely that Matthew Stafford, who was considered injury prone until he wasn't. Austin Eckler was considered injury prone until he wasn't. It shit fucking tilts me so bad. But anyways, how many people on earth right now alive have ever had sex with more than one condom on? I'm asking Bales. All right, I have it. If you had sex multiple times or with double condoms, that counts as one or more. That counts as one. Okay. And one other clarification: if a man had sex with two condoms on, does that count as two people having sex with double condoms, or just no one? 
I have an answer. I have an answer. You ready, Peter? God, I'm so torn here. <laughs> Don't know what Bales is thinking. All right, I have an answer. All right. I said... I Go ahead. Sorry, I said 69,000 people have had sex with more than one condom on. <laughs> I said 15 million. 15 million? I said 7.5 million. Yes! Bingo. She, who has sex with that? That's just a joke. Nobody actually does it. People no, do some it. People people I'm sure. That, yeah, lots of people do it. First of all, a lot of people in countries, in non-Western countries, don't even know what a fun condom is. Second of all, among the people who do... They're not using multiple. I've heard. I you know. Do you know, college, any, do you know anyone personally who's who's actually? I do. <laughs> <laughs> not Why? me personally. Not me personally, but I know someone who did. I remember they're like, "Oh yeah, the girl was real trashy. Put two condoms on." <laughs> that doesn't do anything. I know shit. We're in college. <laughs> oh, that definitely does something. What are you talking about? You mean if 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 one breaks, you have a backup? Is that the is that the thesis? Yeah, that's more protection. Two condoms, of course. I've never done it myself. But that would be more protection. Fifteen million. Get out of here. It's it's more than. I was I I was I was. I mean, what I said is you said basically one in five hundred people in the world, Peter. I think I said one in a thousand. There, one in five hundred don't even know what a condom is. Whatever. I'll take the one in five hundred. We more than one in five hundred know what a condom is. What are you talking about? Yeah. What percentage? Yeah, that's a good one. What percentage of people know what a condom is? Not or like would actually use it. People know what it is, but they don't. Like nobody in fucking these crazy countries around the world use condoms. Yeah, but you said people alive and before, like like twenty years ago, people used condoms way more. Right. From HIV and things like that. Now, right. obviously, no reason to use a condom. <laughs> <laughs> But seven and a half million of you, yeah. A lot of it it goes back from 15, 20 years ago. I agree. Good, good, good. I, I told the story on the on the solo pod about the guy I was playing cash in Vegas, and a guy says he's got a weird voice, and he's like, he's like, yeah, man, I have throat cancer, and I'm like, oh man, I'm so sorry to hear that, and he's like, yeah, I got it from eating pussy, and like I was laughing, and so I told the story in the solo pod, and then a bunch of people were back to me like, no, you can actually get cancer now from like eating pussy, some like weird HPV HPV thing, so. Like just a warning out there to everyone. And I think it actually happened to like Michael Douglas, allegedly. Uh, the actor uh, says that he got throat cancer from eating pussy, which, you know. Another reason to just be selfish. <laughs> you never want to eat pussy. <laughs> uh, all right. Last one for this round. I don't think Bales has asked the question, has he? For the second uh-huh. round. Uh-huh. I think I need to answer. Is that right? Yeah. I think Peter needs to answer. Yeah. Um, Peter, how many people ever born in China uh, were named Jose? <laughs> <laughs> Haven't we done this exact question? No, we definitely have not. I, thought, I feel like we've done this exact question. <laughs> we might have done Carlos, but we haven't done this. <laughs> They were physically born in China. Yeah, they were born in mainland China. Not Taiwan. That's a 
I have to specify no Taiwan. But they they don't have to, <laughs> they don't have to necessarily be Chinese. Like they could be on vacation and have and have a baby happen to be in China, not necessarily Chinese citizens. Uh, that's a good clarification. No, so I was already thinking no. about that. yeah, yeah. So the kid is yeah they yeah they could be the parents could be there. The kid is born there, and his name is Jose. Yeah, but those it, it could be someone who's who traveled there from somewhere else. Right. Yeah. Okay. And this is did you say ever? Yeah, ever. In, in the, the history, history of, the history of the world. I mean, China's fucking old country. When was China? Yeah. <laughs> In the history of the world, right? <laughs> you know, there was a lot of Mexican Mexican people traveling <laughs> to China five thousand years ago. <laughs> <laughs> God, how many dynasties are we talking about? <laughs> All right, I got an answer. Oh God, I have an answer. Hold on, who were you were asking, Peter? Right? Yeah. All right. God, getting into the mind of Peter is fucking hard. Okay. <laughs> I find it much easier than getting into your mind. <laughs> All right. You have an answer, Peter? Yep. I actually think it's way less than this, but I think Peter will say higher. I said 5,500. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. That's it. Okay. I said 19. 19. I said Trace for the on the <laughs> I was going to say, I actually thought... Three, four. <laughs> I said Trace. Three. Three. Yeah. There's not many Jose's. <laughs> Dude, who's How going here? I've never been in them. They're like, yeah, we want to name a Jose. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say zero, but Peter always goes so high. I, I, it's fucking crazy. I was tempted with zero. I, I thought zero, to, but like there has to have been someone. Yeah. He's probably pretty aggressive. I mean, who travels no. to like another country and your wife is like eight and a half, nine months pregnant? Well, no, you, I, I think that I think that probably there's been military there, and then yeah. they, I don't know, I don't know what happens, but and and no, it's definitely more than three. And also, like, uh, do you think there's stone zero Chinese people that name their kid Jose? It's definitely possible. Yeah, I think it's zero. No, I don't think. You don't think a single Chinese person has ever named their kid Jose? <laughs> <laughs> probably not <laughs> that's absurd <laughs> i mean <laughs> maybe i'm looking that's... up uh my name statistics on jose here it's the 42nd most popular name in the united states Well, I have the score. Bale's. Yeah, I, I would say, I would say, yeah, I would say over one, over a half of Chinese people have named their kid Jose. Nothing about China and Jose on any of these sites so far. I have uh, Bale. <laughs> no shit. I have uh, Bale's with three wins, Peter with two wins, me with one win. So uh, I come crashing back to earth here. We're gone over an hour here. Do you want to do another round, or are we done? I will always do another round. I mean, I'll play all, all day. All right. One more round, then we got to go. Yeah, I definitely got to go after this, actually. This probably, we got to go fast. Okay. All right. I'll ask, I'll ask Levitan, how many 
people in the world have had a vasectomy? Mm. Alive, or what if they died since no, alive, alive? How many of the people who are alive today have had a vasectomy? Vasectomy. All right. I have an answer. I have an answer. All right, I have an answer. All right, go ahead. I said 62 million. Oh, wow. I said 751,000. No, 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 way more. I said 69 million. I almost went over the 69. Damn it. I thought that you, gosh, when are you on the meme stuff, Adam? Uh, never. No, you know I, and that, that doesn't even make sense. My my guess was bad. I think my calculator's broken. <laughs> you guys definitely screwed up the freaking pounds of shit. Maybe the, the off with how I'm putting this in. Also, the calculator like, on your phone doesn't work. I had to do it on my computer. Well, I can't go up to the the population of Earth. I, uh, yeah, something's something's up with it. The uh, and vasectomies are going up. You know, obviously. So yeah, um, you can probably actually find out that answer. The pounds of shit we could probably find out too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can figure that out. Alright. I am asking uh I'll ask Bales. What will the price of Bitcoin be on July 9th, 2023? Exactly one year from now. For Bales. <coughs> Excuse me. For Bales, what will the price of Bitcoin be one year from today? Hmm. <sighs> I have an answer. I have an answer. All right. I said, go ahead. I said $14,500. I said 42K. 27. Oh, God. Who is that? I think it's Peter. Um, it's that yours is one, yours is basically 2X and mine's one and a half X over. Is that right? Yeah. It's a multiplier. Yeah. Okay. It's Peter. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we always do it, right? It's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. you multiply the difference, right? Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. That's the fair way to do it, I think. That, yeah, not being biased. I think that's how we've always said it. Yeah. All right. All right. Last question. Bales has to ask uh, Me. Peter, I think. Yep. Uh, uh, Peter, how many total hot dogs have ever been eaten by people um, where they haven't used their hands? In the history of the world? Yeah. You mean like fork and knife or like a dog? I was thinking only like a dog. <laughs> fork and knife is a big game changer. You know what? We'll we'll do fork and knife as well. All right. Say it one more time. How many people have, or how many total hot dogs have ever been eaten in the history of humanity where the person did not touch any part of it with their hands? So fork and knife, to be clear, counts. Yes. Yes. And if, if you've eaten 100 hot dogs with a knife and fork, that counts as 100? Or just yeah. one person? That's 100. Probably some people out there who can eat hot dogs with their feet, too. <laughs> people without arms. So. Yeah. Well, certainly that group. <laughs> I mean... So now we got to calculate that. How many total hot dogs? 
God. I have an answer. All right, I have an answer. Me too. Go ahead, Bills. I said seven million. Oh God, I think it's way more than that. I said twenty billion. I said four hundred twenty million. That's me. God, man. No, wait, you, yeah, yeah. That, uh, yeah, that's me. That's me. Do you guys know how many hot dogs are eaten per year? It's some, dis- and I only know this because they say it every time Joey Chestnut is up there. They're like, "Do you know Americans eat like bazillion hot dogs per year? Like, it's so disgusting how many hot dogs get eaten." Hang on. What, what did you say, Levitan? You said four hundred twenty million, Peter. Yeah, it's going to be close. I think. Yeah, so it was I said sixty x for me. What'd you say? Twenty billion with a B. Uh, that would that would be. Hold on. Twenty billion would be four ten times. Uh oh, dude, it's so close. I think you win by a small multiple. I think you're like a yes. fifty or forty something, right? I need it. And I was a sixty. I think right. It's like forty times forty seven x, right? Ish forty eight x for Levitan. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I was a. I, yeah, I was higher. All right, ship it to me. Final from today. I won two. Peter won four. Bales won three. All right. Appreciate everyone being here for this very professional Three Donkeys episode. As I said, I'll be out of town this week upcoming, but we'll hopefully get another episode going when we get back. And then once we're kind of all settled in here for NFL, which uh, will start in August, I think we'll be able to do a much more regular cadence here and get a night where everybody can join in and hang out in the chat and stuff like that while we do these. So stay tuned for that. Also, if you saw my tweet, me and Peter will be at the view house on July 21st. Also, Lauren will be there. My wife, I believe Ashley's going to be there. Uh, Peter's wife. Lauren's definitely coming. Yeah. Perfect. Then Ashley will go. Um, And uh, yeah. So you guys feel free to bring your significant other uh, to the view house for the ETR party, but make sure you RSVP uh, because we need to let them know how many people are coming and there is a cap and how many people uh, can come. So please only RSVP if you are 100% coming. But there's no real agenda for this. We're just going to hang out and, and uh, have a few beers, a few laughs, and, and that's it. No, uh, no agenda. Build a community, as the uh, crypto bros would say. We're, we're going to build the uh, community at the View House. All right. For Peter. For Bales. For Jerry. For producer Adam. I am Adam. Good luck, everybody. <laughs>